Okay, are you ready for God's word? I promise not to go long. One hour tops. Okay, Galatians, the book of Galatians, and we're in chapter two. Drop down to verse eleven, and we start with the word "but." Okay, Galatians chapter two. Drop down to verse eleven, and we start with the word. now. What we really want to look at this morning is verse fifteen through to verse twenty-one. Verse fifteen to twenty-one. But you know, this is a story. This is a letter that Paul is writing to uh, the Galatian church. He's unfolding something here. So we want to go back, just refresh where we were, where we left off last week, and we'll pick it up and take it from there. Right. So if you remember. Paul has given us a little bit of credential about himself. Paul has said, "You know, I'm, 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 I'm. Uh, I met Christ out of line after the twelve. I met him on the road to Damascus. He changed my life. Now I'm a servant of God. But I didn't, I didn't go telling everybody right away. For three years, I went to Arabia. I, I waited it out. I let it sink in. I let it change my life. I needed to reprogram. I need to re, uh, uh, you know, redefine." Who I was and what what my life was going to be about. Then after that, I went and met up with Peter and uh, and uh, James and John, all the others in in uh, Jerusalem. I kind of touched base with them, made sure we were on the same page. Then fourteen years later, fourteen years later, we are now meeting again, right? So Cephas has come from Antioch. Cephas is Peter. That's the same word. Peter has come from Antioch, and as he came from Antioch, I had a problem with him. Paul says I had a problem with Peter, and what we were trying to learn last week and even this week is what was Paul's problem with Peter, and why did he take the courage to confront Peter, and how does that affect your life and mine on this twenty fifth of July, two thousand twenty one? What difference does it make to my life? How does it affect me? All right. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I'm in verse eleven. Please read with me. Keep your eyes peeled on the text. Don't even look at me. Just Stay on the text. Stay in your notes. Ask Jesus to give you something solid today. Get your pen and your or your pencil and say, "Lord, speak to me today. Speak to me. I don't want to listen to a sermon. I want to hear the voice of God." My brother and sister, if you come with that attitude, genuinely, if you come with that, God is going to richly bless you. God is going to touch your heart and He's going to、uh, He's going to change your your life. So. Come with that attitude. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Why? Because he stood condemned. Oh, that's pretty、uh, strong, Peter.、Uh, Paul, what is your problem with him? For before certain men came from James. Last time I said that James came. James didn't come. He, they came from James, and he was eating with the Gentiles. That's a sin in the Old Testament. That's a sin in the in the old uh, in the old uh, regime. But now. They have understood, as Peter understood from his vision, that all people are are, are are clean. All people, the gospel is going to all people. All people are just as valuable. So I, so,、uh, so it's okay to be relating to them. So now he was eating with the Gentiles. Look at verse twelve. He was eating with the Gentiles, but circle but. When they came, the men from、uh, from James, when they came, he drew back. Underline drew back. He drew back, and underline he separated himself. That is unchristian behavior. That is hypocritical behavior. Peter, we did not expect this from you, dude. He drew back and he separated himself, circle fearing, because that's always the reason we show partiality. 
That's always the reason we show prejudice. Fear is always the driving force behind racism and segregation and, uh, and, um, and partiality. So he, they, he drew back and he separated himself, fearing the Jewish people who had come from Antioch, who had come from James. And the rest, not just him, but the rest of the Jews also acted hypocritically along with him. The rest of the Jews also acted hypocritically along with him. So to the point where even Barnabas, who came with Paul, he was also led astray by their hypocrisy. So verse 14 says, but when I saw, but when I saw their conduct, that was not in step with the truth of the gospel. The gospel doesn't allow racism. The gospel doesn't allow prejudice. The gospel will not allow uh, for segregation. God wants all people, all names, all uh, languages, all skin colors, all cultures to be one in Christ. Look at the church right now. Look at your screens. I mean, most people don't put their videos and they don't We only see their names. Yes, true. But look at the screens. You'll see India, Madagascar, America, uh, the Gulf. You'll see from every part of India. That's the church. That's the church. We are one in Jesus. We're one in Jesus. We're not, it's not our culture that brings us together. It's not our thinking that brings us together. It's, uh, it's the love of God. It's the, it's the person of Christ. We are one in Jesus. So that's what God wants. The gospel does not. So when he saw that the truth of the gospel was being violated in the actions of Peter, I said to Cephas, I said to Peter before everybody, in front of everybody, if you, being a Jew, live like a Gentile, and not like a Jew, how can you force Gentiles to live like Jews? And I explained that last time, so I'm not going to get into that, right? So that's the background, and we're picking it up from there. Take your pencils and start circling, pointing, making notes uh, as we pick it up in verse 15. He makes now the argument, okay, as to why he is upset with Peter. Remember last time I said, you can correct somebody, but the correction should be based on the word of God. You can correct somebody, you can call out somebody's mistake and not be judgmental if you are, if you are basing it on the truth of scripture, on the truth of the gospel. If I say to you, my dear sister, my dear brother, this attitude of yours or this action of yours or this lifestyle of yours is wrong, I'm being judgmental. If I have nothing but my opinion, but if I have the word of God backing it up and I say, see, your life is not in line with the life of Christ, then I have. So, so Paul is doing that. He is demonstrating how to correct in line with the gospel. So he's going to explain to us something known as justification. This is a powerful doctrine in the Bible, and you must know this. You must know this. If you are a Christian, you must know what justification is. It changed your life. You're not the same because of justification. You're going to heaven because of justification. You are a you are loved by God because of justification. You are a resident of the residence of the Holy Spirit because of justification. It changed your life. So come on. You must know what justification is and you must be able to explain it. Uh, from children all the way to adults, you should be able to explain. We ourselves, he starts by explaining, we ourselves are Jews by birth. 
Paul, what are you talking about? He says, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. That seems a little racist and a little judgmental, both in one. But let me tell you what Paul is talking about. He's saying, uh, you need to understand that you're, you've been a Jew and I've been a Jew all my life. That's from birth, right? And we are not Gentile sinners. That means, what is the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles? He says the Jews have the law. The Jews know something that the Gentiles don't know. Let me read verse 16 for you. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works. Okay, start again from the top. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know, we Jews, we Jews, we know that a person is not justified. Circle not, not justified by works. Circle by by works of the law. And you want to remember that phrase, by works of the law, faith in Christ, works of the law, faith in Christ. Okay. We are not justified by works of the law, but we are justified through faith in Christ. How are you justified? Through works of the law? No. How are you justified? Through faith in Christ? Yes. Why? What is the difference? I'll explain. Hang on. Wait, wait. Don't get excited. Okay. Not by works of the law, but through faith in Christ. So he says, you know that you're a Jew, Peter, and I'm a Jew. We know that from our birth, we've tried to live up to the law. We've tried to obey the law. We've tried to be justified by the law. And you know, it doesn't work. You know that there's no way I can keep the law. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the law. All have broken the law. All have violated God's covenant. So how can you expect Gentile sinners who don't know the law to live by the law, much less be justified by the law? It's impossible. You who know the law have turned to Christ for your justification because you realize the uselessness of the law. I repeat, you who know the law, you're a Jew and have tried to live under the law as a Jew have turned to Christ for justification because you know it doesn't work. So how can you expect Gentiles to be turning to the law when you yourselves have turned to Christ? That's not fair, Peter. Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus for the same thing that is for justification in order to be justified circle by faith in Christ by faith in Christ. So these words are very important when you're studying scripture. I am not justified by works of the law, but I am justified through faith in Christ, not by faith of Christ. That changes the whole meaning, but through faith in Christ. By works is what I do. In Christ is what is who Jesus is. By works is what I do. In Christ is who Jesus is. By works is performance. In Christ is positional. Have I lost you? In Christ is positional. I am justified not but by what I do, but who I'm in, by what I'm associated with. So you know that, Peter, that you cannot be justified by, by the law. 
Now you have turned to Christ. I have turned to Christ because faith comes and justification comes by the faith that is in Christ. So pick it up in verse uh, verse 15 here, verse 16. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified, circle by faith and in Christ and not, not by works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. By the works of the law, no one will be justified. If I've lost you, come back to me. Let me explain something very important here. If I've lost you, come back to me. Why can't a person be justified by the law? Why can't a person be considered righteous if he obeys the law? Suppose I obey 6 out of 10. Am I not better than the person who obeys 3 out of 10? If I obey 8 out of 10... Doesn't that make me much, much better than a one who obeys two out of ten? Considering the law only to be ten laws. Not the Jewish law, which went up to 613 laws. Am I not better? No, you're not better. What, I was, what if I was to obey all the laws? This whole week I obey all the laws. Does that make me justified? No. But why? Because the works of the law is external the works of the law is external it is not it doesn't touch your heart sin is in the heart if i decide to look at a woman lustfully the bible says the lord jesus says i have committed adultery in my heart so the law says thou shalt not commit adultery so i don't commit adultery but in my heart I lust. What is the other example Jesus gives? He says, he says, thou shalt not murder is the law. But in your heart, if you look, sorry, if, if you, if you hate somebody, you have murdered that person, Jesus says. So your heart sins, but your action because of the law did not sin. So you didn't murder anybody. How many of you murdered somebody this last week? Okay. You're going by the law. You're going by the law. There you go. You're saying you didn't murder somebody because you didn't, because you obeyed the law. Thou shalt not murder. So externally, you didn't kill anybody. But in your heart, you were Rambo. In your heart, you, you, you were the Terminator. With your eyes and with your heart, you shot at so many people this week. Bitter hatred here, bitter jealousy there, bitter bitterness there. And phew, 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 right, right, left and center. We hated this entire week. There are people we hate. And Jesus says, if you hate somebody, you murder them. Now we have a problem. The law is external. So I can obey the law. And by the law, I'm not a murderer. Are you seeing the problem here? By the law, I'm not a murderer, but the law doesn't justify me because my sin was in my heart. Now the law needs to change my heart and that it cannot do. That it cannot do. You can make laws after laws after laws and the Jews made 616, 613 laws. 
and they wrote it on put it on their palm they put it on put it on their forehead they put it on their walls they went about walking whole day remembering remembering the laws and you can make as many laws as you want it's not going to make you a righteous person because the laws are external but sin is in your heart now you need something to change your heart transform your heart make your heart not want to do those wrong things and that is faith faith in the lord jesus christ changes your heart not your faith but faith in the lord jesus once you put your faith in christ jesus comes in and he gives you his righteousness he gives you his heart he becomes lord of your life and he commands your thoughts he commands your ways he commands your sentiments he commands your desires and he changes your heart and when jesus comes in and changes your heart if the son sets you free you are free indeed faith is what justifies you not because you're not a sinner but because christ gives you a new heart a heart that doesn't want to sin a heart that is submissive to the lord jesus christ and when your heart is submissive to christ when your heart has surrendered to jesus's lordship in your life then jesus covers your sin and he covers your and he becomes an advocate for you and he stands in heaven and says he's one of mine he's one of mine yeah but he's same sinner for like, like like everybody else yes but he's one of mine but he he broke so many laws no but he's one of mine because by the law we are not justified but by faith i hope you understood this i hope you understood this you can make as many laws as you want and you can be as obedient or break all the laws but it still doesn't change your heart but when your heart bows to jesus when your heart believes that jesus is lord that Jesus died for your sin then the blood of Christ cleanses you from all sin that means he clears your conscience and no other blood does that by the way and the lordship of Jesus the lordship of Christ he comes in and he covers for you and he makes he changes your heart because when Jesus's lordship comes into your life the first thing he does is change have you thought about that have you thought about that the first thing Jesus does is he changes your heart Paul says when I received the gospel I went away to Arabia for 3 years to just be with God. What do you think was happening there? Jesus was changing his heart. Jesus was making him more like him. See you go from by law to in Christ. Brothers, sisters, you need to understand this. You know, not by Christ, in Christ. Your righteousness is not from your external actions but by your internal surrender when we surrender to christ our actions become christ like when we surrender to christ our attitudes become christ like when we surrender to christ we are given the power and we have given the enabling to forgive to let go of bitterness to let go of of difficult uh, of difficult memories in our life surrender comes from faith faith changes the heart we also believed in christ you see what he's saying paul is saying here in verse 16 we also believed in christ that's what justifies us peter what you're doing is wrong brother you can't jump away <coughs> draw back and go sit with the jews because it looks like sitting with gentiles is sinful god changed that god changed that peter let me tell you something else by running away from sitting with the jew with the gentiles and going and sitting with the jews you make jesus look bad 
Peter, this is bad. You made Jesus look like a sinner. He says, if Jesus sat with Gentiles and he is righteous and by placing our faith in Christ, we are now one in Christ along with the Gentiles. Now, if you act like a Jew, you're making Jesus look like a sinner for sitting and eating with the Gentiles, because that's what Jesus did. Now, is Jesus a sinner? Peter, come on. Are you saying Jesus is a sinner? No way. No way. You see the at the end of verse 17? Certainly not. Certainly not. But if in our endeavor to justify in Christ, we too are found to be sinners, then is, is Christ a servant of uh, sin? Certainly not. Now let's land this plane. Verse 18. For if, for if I rebuild what I tore down, if I rebuilt what I tore down, what did I tear down? I tore down the law. I tore down the entire self-righteous system. If I now rebuild that, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, see, by the law, through the law, through the law, I died to the law. Through the law, I died to the law. I'm dead to the law. How am I dead to the law? How am I dead to the law? How did I, have, how did I do that? When did that happen? Wait, I'll tell you. So through the law, I died to the law. Why? So that I might live to God. Not to the law, but to God. I might live to God. So let's stop and ask. Do you understand the meaning of covenant? C-O-V-E-N-A-N-T. The word covenant means a two-way promise, a two-way vow, a two-way commitment. When you make that commitment, you are bound by a vow. You are bound by a vow. And that vow binds you to death, like marriage, to the point of death, till death do us apart. For a covenant to be lawfully broken, I hope you're with me, for a covenant to be lawfully broken, one of the two needs to die till death do us apart. One of the two needs to die. That's why he says if, if somebody, somebody leaves his wife and goes and marries another, he is committing adultery. So as long as you shall live, you've heard that in, at weddings, mostly nobody's listening at that time, but that's what they say. Uh, when they say that, they're saying these two have become one. They have become one. When one person dies, that person is now free from that covenant. Okay, you got that understanding? Okay, let's go. When did I die to the law? Paul is saying I died to the law. I was in a covenant relationship with the law. Do you remember Mount Sinai? Do you remember the Mo Moses, the giving of the law? Do you remember the big uh, transaction with God and his people? So Paul is saying, I died to the law. So for, for the law, the covenant to be broken, one has to die. Correct? Okay. Who died? Did the law die or the lawgiver die? That's God. Or did you die? And the answer is, you died. What? When did I die? That's where this verse is beautiful. That's how this verse came about. You can't just take this verse and stick it on your wall and keep quoting it. This is where... It happens. Verse 18, uh, for if I re rebuild what I tore off, I myself a transgressor. Verse 19, for through the law, I died to the law. Paul, when did you die? Where did you die? So that I might live to God. We'll come back to that. When did you die, Paul? Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. Not in Christ, with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. 
Jeremy is dead. Hallelujah. Jeremy is dead because 2021 years ago, Jeremy died with Christ. Why is that good news? Because I was, I was released from that marriage, that marriage to the law. Now the law has no bearing on me. Now the law book is not going to be taken out to judge me. Hallelujah. When I stand in heaven, I will not be measured against the law book. Thou shalt not this and thou shalt not that and thou shalt not this and thou shalt. I will not be measured against the law. I will be measured against the fact of my faith in Christ or no faith in Christ. Hallelujah. When did I die? I died in Christ. So 2000 years ago, you died. You died to the law in Christ. And now that you are freed from the law, that's how you're freed from a covenant. You are now free to live to God through Christ. Who did this? Who wanted this? God wanted it. First, God gave the law. Then God gave grace. The law was a covenant and grace is a covenant. So Jesus lifts up the cup and he says, this is the covenant, the new covenant in my blood, the new covenant. Why is he able to say that? He says, because when I died, I broke off the old covenant and freed you from the law. And when I rose again, I now have you in me and in Christ, you are justified in Christ. I know this is some heavy stuff for many of us, but this is the meat of this passage. Verse 20 is the crown, is the jewel in this passage. I have been crucified with Christ. Now I'm dead. I no longer live. Okay. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Circle in. I live in Christ. That's my positional salvation. Christ lives in me. That's my performance sanctification. Was that too heavy? I live in Christ. That's how I'm saved. Christ lives in me. That's how I'm sanctified. I live in Christ. That's how my sin is covered. Christ lives in me. That's how I look righteous to God. Does that make sense? Wonderful. Good. So I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So the life I now live in the flesh, this body, continuing this next few, two, three decades that God would give me, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Not by the Son of God, but in the Son of God. So with the law, the word by, I live by the law. But with Christ, it is in Get that and you'll figure your spiritual life out. Get that and you'll understand the, the mystery of walking in Christ. I now live in the flesh, but, I, but by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself to me. Okay, let's wrap it up. Verse 21. I do not nullify the grace of God. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. If a man can obey the law, all the law, complete law, and still and be righteous, then Jesus died for nothing. Jesus died for nothing, but Jesus died so that he could break off your relationship with the law so that in Christ you may be free from the law. And now Jesus rose again so that you can have a relationship with Christ. Jesus is not some spiritual guru who died and then there's rumors that he came back to life. Jesus is not someone who started a religion. 
you know, and we don't know what to do with it. Jesus is not someone who told us how to live our life. Jesus is someone who set us free from the law so that we may have eternal life, so that we have eternal life. And if this is not of valuable to you, if this does not excite you, then you have to ask, you have to ask yourself, has the spirit of God brought me to life? Let me summarize in two sentences and make it really easy for you. The faith that brings me to Christ, the faith that brings me to Christ is the faith that sustains me in Christ. Everything is about faith. Why faith? The heart. It's the heart. Okay. Let me use a better word than faith and belief because a lot of us struggle with that. By faith, we think trusting. We think let God do it. We think let God provide. No, no, no. Faith is saying God's will over mine. Faith is volition. Law is actions and faith is volition. Law is my performance. Faith is my surrender. Faith is not just saying, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. You believe? I also believe in Jesus. No, even the devil believes in Jesus. But surrendering my heart means my throne, my ego, ego, my, the seat of my volition. Surrendering, Lord, you're Lord now. You are Lord now, not me. So the faith that brings me to Christ is the faith that sustains me in Christ. And that's how I live for God. I live for God by living in Christ, not in Jeremy. So I'm saved in Christ. He loved me and gave himself for me. But I live in Christ. I no longer live for myself. What does that mean for you and me? It means that every decision your heart makes needs to be in surrender and in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every submission your heart makes, every time decision your heart makes, every time your heart is at a crossroad, you check whether you are in line with Christ or not. Faith is saying Christ lives. He's alive. Faith is saying he died for me, but he's alive. And if he is alive, then he must be Lord of my life. Faith is saying that I will live for Jesus and not for myself. I no longer live for myself. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. If you're still alive, if you're still alive, if you haven't died on the cross with Christ, then you're not a Christian. If you're still alive, here's the bad news. You're still married to the law. And if you're still married to the law, God is going to judge you by the law. But if you died in Christ and you live in Christ, then God is going to judge you as he looks at Jesus. He's going to judge you with the righteousness of Christ. That's how he justifies you. That's how he calls you righteous. You're not righteous. You know that. We know that. We all know that. But he calls you righteous because your heart is surrender your volition your throne your your ego is surrendered to the lordship of the lord jesus christ and that justifies you because that's a heart issue and sin is dealt with in the heart covered in the heart washed in the heart forgiven in the heart so i hope you understood this
What does it mean to walk in Christ? It's to surrender. If you're still alive, then you're still married to the law and you'll be judged by the law. But if you've been freed from the law, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I challenge you to write down on a piece of paper your thoughts. What are you going to do about this? What have you learned from today? What will be different about your life from today if you've understood the justification issue in your life? If you've understood what God has accomplished on your behalf, what he's done, what will be, change, what will be different in your life? What's going to change? What do you need to do about it? I, I challenge you to write down a few sentences later when you're alone, not, not now. But let it change your life. Father, Father God, let this change our life. Let us understand what we have been freed from. Only a fool goes back to his old bondages, his old habits, his old prison. Only a fool walks back into prison. Who does that? We have been set free to be free, to remain free. And Galatians, this beautiful book has been given to us to explain to us the freedom we have in Christ. Freedom from the law. Freedom to live in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have given for us, for what you have done for us. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have given to us. Lord, where my words and my explanation ends, your revelation begins. In the name of Jesus, enlighten your people. Open their hearts. Open their minds to the truth of the gospel and let the light shine. Let the light shine. Thank you, Father God, for this beautiful morning and for what you have taught us. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even for our evermore. Amen. Hi, I'm Jeremy Dawson. And if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you could do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe. <laughs>